Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Young Adult Ministry Podcast. I'm here with a couple friends today, which I'm excited to introduce you to in a minute. But we're in this series called A Greater Love. We're really exploring how we can experience God's love on a deeper level and then share that with the world. And a part of how we do that is recognizing how God has worked in our stories. And all of us have kind of like a two-minute version of our story and then five-minute, ten-minute, and then like the extended cut. And we're just going to have some like conversation about what God's done in you guys' story today, give you guys a chance to share a little bit and we'll see how long this one goes. So I hope this is an encouragement to you to really pay attention to how God is at work in your story. And every story is different, but when we put our trust in Jesus, it's the same God who works in us to experience his love and then share that with others. And so uh, Zach, why don't you start, why don't you share a little bit about how you came to find Jesus in your life, how he became real to you? Yes. Let us into your story a little bit. Sure. Uh, Well, I grew up in the church, uh, so I've been blessed to have um, Christian parents. And I was saved whenever I was really young. I was like seven. Uh, But sometimes I joke and say I'm like three times saved because (laughs) when I when I did it, they were like, you know, raise your hand if you haven't like asked Jesus into your heart. And it's like kids ministry stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I haven't done that. So I went and they took me to a room and like prayed with me and stuff. And then I thought like something magical was like supposed to happen, mm. but nothing happened. And so I was like, I think I did this wrong. <laughs> and so they asked like a couple other times at other nights and I would like raise my hand again because I was like, I'll get it right this time. And I was like, <laughs> nothing's happening. Like I don't feel any different. Mm. Um, so I think eventually I was like, all right, I think it's, I think I think I did it. Maybe nothing's supposed to, to happen. <laughs> you know, no angels are supposed to like start singing or anything. Mm. Um, but I would say that uh God really became real for me when I was probably about 11 or 12 Mm. when I started to really struggle with anxiousness. And uh, I had a lot of problems where I, I, you know, had to take medication to sleep and I had, would wake up in the middle of the night, um, just like freaking out. And I would sit with my mom. Um, and, uh, you know, I always say about this stuff, like nobody gives parents, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I know they don't give parents a manual. That's like, Hey, you're, child is walking around in a constant state of fear and freaking out, you know, on a moment's notice, you know, and at 3 a.m. Um, and so I think my my mom especially really just fell back onto the only thing that she knew how to do, which was like, okay, well, I'll, we got to go to God about mm. this. And so we would sit. It's a good place to go. Yeah, we would sit up uh, late at night for a very long time, just going through scripture. I think it's Isaiah 41.10. We would we'd go over, you know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Um, or like God hasn't, has you know, not given us a spirit of fear, like mm-hmm. things like that. And we would just say it like over and over and just pray and pray and pray. And that would be probably, I would say like in, in terms of the first time I, mm-hmm. I had a realization, I was like, oh man, like I need, I need God. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, especially when you're, you're that young, you have no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just, uh, you're, you're just freaking out and you can't sleep and your whole life is just like rattled. Mm. And you're, you know, you don't know what's happening. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, well, God is supposed to be, you know, my comforter and doing all this with my mom. So, you know, I, that was probably whenever I really started to, to build a relationship Mm -hmm. and and see him more, more than just like, you know, the guy in the sky we talked to at like dinner time (laughs) and stuff like that, you know? He was, he was the guy who cares about your particular struggles and you saw your need for him in a real way then. And I know that journey's continued for you as you've, growing into your you know, yeah. adult years. And um, 
I, maybe you can share a little bit about something God's been teaching you about that now, especially over the last couple of years. I know that was even part of your experience coming to young adult ministry for the first time was like kind of dealing with whether or not you should even do that. So yeah, maybe if you could bring us into uh, this stage of your life and what God's been teaching you about, that'd be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess I'll just start when, when I decided to, to come to YAM, I had moved back from college mm-hmm. and... Uh, I moved back here and I was pretty upset that I had to move back home. And I had a lot of hard times and probably talk about another point, but just like in high school and, Mm -hmm. and stuff um, with like loneliness and things like that. And I was still a very anxious person. And a lot of that would be like social anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I moved back here and I knew that I would go crazy if I didn't find community. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have community, then I knew that it was just going to be like high school over again. I was going to feel trapped and I was just going to be miserable and, you know, just go in this downward spiral. And so <clears throat> my parents had started going to Hope. So I was like, okay, I went to church with them a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And then my mom had encouraged me quite a few times. I was like, why don't you look for like a young adult ministry? Why don't you look for like, you know, somewhere you can get involved and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And my first thought anytime that was mentioned was like, gosh, that sounds terrifying. Like that's the last thing I want to mm-hmm. do. But I just kind of got to a point, you know, with my anxiousness that I just felt like God was like, no, like this is this is like what you need to do. And like in my head, I was like, well, you know, I know I know people at church and they're always nice and stuff like I shouldn't be that scared of this. Mm. And so I, I finally decided that I was like, OK, they have a young adult ministry at Hope. I'm going to go. And the whole day before I would think about it, you know, I remember standing there at work and just thinking like, oh, I'm going to that thing tonight. And my heart would just sink. And I'd be like can't do this can't do this because it was all i could picture was like going into a room full of people i don't know um and just becoming so anxious that Mm -hmm. it's just you know uncontrollable and then i'll have to leave and then dealing with that and like it just being a disaster was all i could think about but i was like now god wants me to do this like yeah do it you know like Mm -hmm. and if it's a disaster whatever like (laughs) and so i remember i i was driving there from my house i was like blaring worship music in my car because that's usually what makes me feel better. I did not feel any better. Uh, (laughs) I still felt just as anxious and like, Oh my gosh, like this, this is really scary for me. And, um, I got to the the parking lot and I, it took me 20 minutes to get out of my car. I had a full panic attack in the car. I just started Mm. crying because I was so angry that I couldn't get out of the car. And I was just praying and and I was just like, God, like, I just, like, I just need to do this. Like, why can't I do this? And so, you know, really, I guess, you know, through God and, and you know, just like, taking grasp of maybe whatever little courage I had mm. at the moment, I got out of my car um, and I remember, I can still vividly remember walking up and I can remember looking down at my feet and like watching each step I took being like, just keep walking, like, mm. do not stop or you're going to turn around Mm -hmm. and and then um went and uh it was not a disaster (laughs) so um yeah and and uh and i i met some great people and just got involved and it was it was really 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 great uh it it definitely was very encouraging and in terms of like man i was really afraid but i did what god wanted me to do and and you know um yeah. yeah, I think that's a really vulnerable moment for you. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And I think it's powerful to see that, you know, God doesn't always take away our fear, but he he invites us to step through our fear to trust him. And then often the fruit that we're looking for 
the peace and the belonging is on the other side and it doesn't yeah. necessarily make all of this go away. And that's a part of the journey of actually trusting God and him being real to you. And on the other side of it, I think you have found a lot of belonging. And yeah, I'll ask you a little bit more after I hear from yeah, Nate, yeah. just what <laughs> he's been teaching about the anxiety. I know you've been on a journey really going after that and trying to listen to what God wants to teach you. I think he has some really valuable things to share. But um, Nate, do you want to bring us into your journey a little bit? We all have different stories. So Nate, do you want to just let us know how, how has God become real to you? Like, where, how have you seen your need for him? And give us the the short window into your story. Yeah, so, you know, grew up in a Christian household. Like, I feel like I came to Christ probably from like six or seven. Hmm. But I probably like explicitly affirmed it you know, at Hope, you mm. know, when I was like 12. Mm. But I remember my parents being like, almost responding like, oh yeah, Nate already knows Jesus, that kind of thing. Uh, and knowing, uh, having that personal relationship with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was definitely a troublesome kid in middle school. You know, maybe I got away with a little bit, I would say, but <laughs> I've heard I have a an unassuming face. So <laughs> that would help. Like, but not me. unassuming here. <laughs> yeah, not unassuming here. And I was like, uh, but, you know, I, I veered off, you know, even early middle school or middle middle school, seventh grade, I would say, really, yeah. uh, until, you know, it just kept on becoming breadcrumbs of things. Uh, little sins would lead to bigger things. And then pretty soon, you know, I had my whole like, oh, I'm agnostic, I'm atheist phase, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that really started like 16, 17, mm -hmm. not really hanging out with the best people, honestly. Uh and, you know, we're all broken and sinners, but, you know, hang out with a certain company. It's definitely going to influence your decisions. Mm, I, yeah. Looking back, I definitely see that in my life. Mm. Um, you know, went away to Western Carolina for a year. Mm. Uh, first semester was fine. The second semester was uh, immensely challenging. Uh, that's when I got involved in, you know, sort of new age occultism, mm. things of that sort. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had a whole medical issue which uh, was undiagnosed at the time, which had, you know, mm. is still something I deal with today, but fortunately by the grace of God, I don't have to take medication for it nearly mm. as frequently. Uh, and so, you know, that was sort of, that's sort of a thorn in the flesh and it was, it was super humbling. I had talked to you mm. about, you know, gaining a, a good amount of weight through that and mm. dealing with sort of depression and uh, sort of the, the sorrow that comes with that. Mm -hmm. um, and it had been like a, an insane journey, mm. honestly. Uh, but I still remember October 5th, 2019, uh, you know, I had sort of a, a very vivid heart to heart with God mm. and he pulled me out of the thorns and mm. he was like, Nate, I love you. Mm. And you know, it's funny because reading back into Paul's story, going mm. through the devotional, it's like, I feel like Paul was at like his sort of height of, you know, persecuting Christians. And that's what I find the most interesting is that God pulled me out of like what I would consider sort of like the pinnacle of my, uh, you know, abandonment, prodigal phase, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Nate, I'm going to use this. Like, I love you. Mm -hmm. It was a very like, you know, when, when God sort of rebukes us, it's in a very gentle but firm manner. Mm -hmm. I found, I figured that out. It was like a loving father, you know, it's like, I love you so much that like what you're doing is hurting you uh, and I'm going to discipline you. <laughs> and you know, that I don't, I'm not a fan of discipline, to be honest, uh, but, you know, I prayed for it and I realized, you know, it, 
you know, Hebrews talks about it, like reaping a good reward mm. in the long run. So, you know, I had to pull myself out of certain worldly things from that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I had been involved in uh, a band at that time and I knew God was calling me to leave that. And I was chasing all these worldly things. I was chasing the wind uh, and it wasn't filling my heart. And I was seeing the people that I was with, like just that insatiable thirst that they had for Christ in their hearts. And, you know, I, I just knew I had to get out of it and I was praying for an opportunity out of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's when COVID happened. So unfortunately... <laughs> For unfortunate for most of the world, but you know, for that situation, it was a way to really be like, okay, I need to lock down and load in mm-hmm. on, you know, on Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, um, from then on, you know, it was a rough journey. I ended up meeting uh, close friends at Hope, getting involved in the Bible study like a year later. Uh, and so now I'm all of a sudden here, you know, and praise God, you mm-hmm. know, that's awesome. Yeah. Dude, thanks for sharing your story. I'm curious to know a little bit more about that, where I think a lot of times people know the things that maybe you're not supposed to do. And like you talked about your prodigal phase and you went, you kind of went down that path and then you realized like God loves me. Yeah. And now you've turned back to him. So how has your life been different now that you've been seeking after God and really experiencing his love and Mm. in a greater way in your life? Like, um, his, his yoke is easy and burden is light. mm. Like, the world, I feel like it always, you know, has these different lures, I think. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is this is going to make me happy. But, you know, no matter what sort of like mountain you climb to, you know, and you reach that point, you almost feel more empty when you get there. And then there's always like that, mm-hmm. you know, with God, it's like, you know, he, his spirit is like the living water. And so I feel mm-hmm. like to me, you know, the imagery that I think of like the world is like, drinking this water and it's, it's never going to satisfy mm. my thirst. Mm. And that's very much what the world was like. Mm. Um, but now it's like, it's a tough road. You know, the first year coming back, it's like, God's giving you like little baby milk. He's like, come on. You're like, man, I'm feeling the spirit all the time. Like, this is great, <laughs> you know? And then it's still, and there's rough points in that, but still after that, you know, God's trying to uh, sort of like encourage that mature relationship with him. Mm-hmm. you know, than not always like feeling it 24 mm-hmm. seven, you know, uh, for me personally, I know it's different for everyone, but you know, those times when I don't feel the spirit, I think our time he's like, okay, Nate, like, I know, you know what to do. I know, you know, my word. So like obey my commands and, and cling to me with all your soul. That's what it feels like. Um, but it, it is such a joy to know Christ and to be walking with him every single mm-hmm. day. And, you know, I've certainly had my points even, you know, in the past three years where I've like stumbled. I might have fallen back into certain things, but I'm pulled out. You know, I repent and God's like, I love you. You know, uh, the verse I remember Donnie Peters sharing that really stuck with my heart is in Romans. And it says, uh, sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. And I, I remind myself of that every day. Um, you know, the more you walk with Christ, like, I feel like you, you are going to have for me, like definitely some spiritual warfare headed your way, but you know, God's power is, is infinite. Mm. And so pressing into that is, uh, you know, knowing the perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. So 
That's such a good word. And yeah. you experiencing that love in your heart has really been connecting you with other people to help you walk that out with. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about Christian community and, and experiencing and sharing that love is, is we're not in it alone. Mm. And you know Jesus is with you. Like you said that beautifully. You're walking with him through your life. And your relationship with God is more than just a feeling. It's mm. He's with you all the time. Mm. And learning to tune your heart into him and his presence is where you find that living water. And so I just want to encourage you to keep going, learn how to draw mm. from that well, because it's it's deeper than any of us even realize. And Amen. That, that's such a good word. I think you also give really good hugs. We're talking about ways to, <laughs> to show God's love you ever see made in person. He's probably going to hug you, so watch out. <laughs> that's funny. So Zach, why don't you dig a little bit deeper into what God's been teaching you now that you have been walking with Jesus in this season of your life and he's teaching you about kind of what's behind that anxiety for you and just trusting him with just your who you really are. Like yeah. talk about something he's teaching you right now and, and teaching you how to live differently. Yeah, uh, I think, I guess I comes to mind is really, I had a, a very large struggle for a very long time with uh, the idea of God's forgiveness uh, in this says that like I knew, you know, that God forgives, you know, if, as long as you repent, like and ask for forgiveness, like he will forgive you. Like I was aware of that. I was aware of, you know, the gospel message and, and why, you know, Christ died for us. And I knew all that stuff, mm -hmm. but I really, uh, even after I, I really dove back into my faith, which was whenever I started coming to young adult ministry was, that was about the same time when I, I finished college mm -hmm. that I, uh, I had just really not been personally experiencing, um, to my own fault, you know, Christ's forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I knew all these things, you know, but I, I was not like, allowing myself to experience them because I just had a lot of, of shame. And I, I do think that, you know, whenever I, I started to really, you know, commit to my faith and, and stop being the, the double-minded kind of person I was in college. Mm. Uh, God really, you know, encouraged me. And, and sometimes it feels like forced, but <laughs> I don't think it was a uh, forced is probably the best word, but uh, strongly encouraged, you know, me to bring those things into the light, you know, mm. to bring them forward. Uh, just so, so many problems with shame. I, I, I really struggle and, and struggle a lot with my self image and God kind of had to really, uh, pull me out of that. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot to really recognize, you know, and, and to really stop the shame spiraling because I, I would really struggle in the past building up, you know, negative ideas about myself and, you know, I'd be like, okay, I'm forgiven for this thing. But, you know, even as, um, honestly, even as a kid, whenever I was probably like, like around 11 or 12, mm. I, I would still have, you know, things in my head that were like, okay, yeah, like I know, you know, God doesn't make mistakes, but I feel like I must be his one mistake, you know, mm. that kind of thinking and really getting older and confronting that, mm. but doing so in, you know, in the way that, that God really, I felt like called me to and, and continues to, which is, and there's a, a great song that kind of uses the, the analogy for, for stuff like this, uses the analogy of, you know, Moses splitting the Red Sea in the sense of, you know, God took them through that. He didn't build a bridge over it, you know, mm -hmm. in that sense of like, God was like, nope, we're not going to do some kind of roundabout way, which is why I really had avoided a lot of it was that I, I was too scared to face, 
you know, a lot of the things that were going on because they, they dealt with a lot of my greatest fears. Um, and the things that I was, I just was really discouraged on about myself. And so God was like, no, the only way to handle this is like, you're going to have to like run straight into it. Mm. Uh, you can't go around it and maybe one day get to the other side. You've got to go into it. I'm going to be with you, but the, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to suck. It's going to be scary. It's going to hurt. Hmm. Um, it's the, I don't think very first second when I was like, we're doing this God's way. I was like, it's going to be sunshine and rainbows <laughs> and like, Unicorns. yes, maybe, you know, a few. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it, it really, I, I feel like he's, he's pulled me out of that. And at the same time, kind of even currently just facing a, you know, I feel like really I just stronghold after stronghold in my life. Like I feel like God has continued and my timing, you know, I always prefer things faster. I don't have a problem with rushing, but I definitely feel God's timing and how, you know, uh, he's like, okay, we've this, this stronghold. All right. You know, we've, we've really dealt with that. You know, the, the idea of, of being able to accept God's forgiveness is something that now I don't find discomfort in, or that doesn't, you know, generate confusion or fear, um, or shame, mm -hmm. which has been a true blessing. Um, and then now God's like, all right, now we got the next thing, you know, mm -hmm. we're going to keep, keep, you know, blasting through these brick walls mm -hmm. and it's going to hurt every single time. But, you know, he, he hasn't, I think he really has taught me a lot about kind of, you mentioned earlier, the fact that a lot of these things I haven't done because of fear. And he, uh, he's a lot of times has been like, yeah, this is going to be scary and you're going to be afraid, but like, I'm going to be with you in that moment yeah. you know i'm, I'm going to be with you in that fear don't just think because you're afraid i'm gone i'm not i'm not yeah. gone like just keep going yeah keep going that that's a really good word it's actually the most often repeated <clears throat> command in the bible is don't be afraid which is kind of off uh, kind of weird because we're often afraid so is he commanding to, us to do something that we can't do um that i've struggled with that at times mm. because i've struggled with anxiety too and he's not saying, uh, you know, courage is the absence of fear. Courage is actually having the, the, the faith to step into our fear and trust that he's going to meet you there and be with you. Because the most often repeated uh, promise in the Bible is after he says, don't be afraid, he says, I'll be with you. And that's, that's such a beautiful way that you described trusting God and having his spirit just give you that courage to step out in faith. Because that's a vulnerable thing. It's uncomfortable. Sometimes it is painful. But that's often where we grow. Um, and I think sometimes we miss out on the impossible things God wants to do in our life because uh, we just, we, we get trapped. We get trapped in our fear. And that's a part of, I think, the steps that God leads us to take is towards other people, where mm -hmm. we can experience that love, that sometimes we can be trapped because we're just in our heads and in mm -hmm. ourselves. So that's why we have a community of family where we can experience God's love in a greater way together and begin to show that to others and accept others where they are. So I don't know if that's been, that resonates with you and your journey, like as you've kind of been welcomed into Christian community since you're, you know, prodigal and coming back, but how have you felt like God's met you in Christian community and helped you break free of that shame or guilt that you've carried with you? Mm. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that. You know, I was, it's one thing to like equip the word and be like, all right, do not be afraid. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I know you're with me, God, but just walking through that, I think in the moment is, is the most challenging. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like game time, mm -hmm. you know, practicing your word, that's mm -hmm. a scrimmage. And then when you get to the, the game, you're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you know, I remember one time walking in at Hope about to serve on the food pantry. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, it was a good step. You know, I had the thoughts. I was like, man, I'm going to walk in there. And people are going to be like, who's this weird long-haired hippie dude walking in here? <laughs> but it's Hope, you know? So it's like, of course, it's just going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. we love you. Um but, you know, lo and behold, when I walked in there the one time, uh, you know, Gary was walking down the, mm. the stairs, had a big old smile on his face. Yeah. And I was like, boom, that was a God thing. I was mm. like, wow, okay. And the, the ease in that was just amazing, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. And then, you know, getting involved in, in the study group mm. uh, and then getting involved in another group. And mm. then, you know, to me, like the thing that has been the most helpful is being in community. Mm. I think isolation is like the, one of the biggest tactics that mm-hmm. Satan will use for sure. Yeah. You know, cause there'll be so many thoughts. I don't know about y'all. Like when I'm by myself, I'm like, I get with other people and I'm like, why was I even like thinking that? Like mm-hmm. that was so yeah. left field, you know? Totally. And so just having those like healthy, like affirmations, mm-hmm. you know, of yep. who, who I am in Christ, you know, I'm his beloved son, like, mm-hmm. you know, adopted son. And, yeah. you know, that, I think that has helped me the most. And, you know, getting getting involved in YAM has been amazing. Mm. You know, it's not so I don't really even recall like the first time going like why mm-hmm. I went. I just remember like walking up the stairs basically. Mm. And yeah. And then from there it was like, okay, this is where I need to be, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we really do help each other grow in community. Mm. Like, um, following Jesus is meant to be a team sport and Mm. we fight for each other. We fight for each other to experience the things that we see as true in the word and to internalize those things. And I think you've been on a journey with that right now where you're learning to, you know, who God's made you to be. I don't know if you wanted to share any more about that process that you're going on, but yeah. I thought you had some really insightful things you shared with me earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So I would say, I guess jumping back on that, on that topic, mm-hmm. um, I really, you know, like I mentioned, like with, with anxiousness, um, whenever I started high school though and that also shifted mm. into depression i moved i grew up in florida mm-hmm. i moved to to fuquay's i moved to, to just south of raleigh and man i was devastated mm-hmm. you know i was 14 so i was a grumpy teenager about it uh, <laughs> but i you know basically decided to be a grumpy teenager for four years mm. and i really struggled with with loneliness um and that really that isolation did mm. create a lot of lies in my life yeah that about who you know I was as a person that led to that the shame that I spoke mm-hmm. of before, but also just so much really like um, self deprecation and mm. uh, just a lot of you know I, I of twisting of my faith really mm. uh, where I you know I started to believe things like I was like I guess God just he just doesn't want me to have friends mm-hmm. I must you know it's, I must have done something and mm-hmm. he's punishing me for it so this is just how it's supposed to be yeah. Um, and, you know, and so I, I'd be even in a place where I was like, I don't even know what I did wrong, but I must have mm. done something wrong. And I held on to that. I mean, all, even all the way through through college and alongside that, you know, when I did start making friends, I so looked at myself so poorly that I was very seeking validation. But mm. I unfortunately, like I, I really, um, Brisa mentioned earlier, I was living a very double-minded kind mm-hmm. of life where I, I don't think I ever lost my faith because I still struggled with anxiousness and that was my solution, you mm-hmm. know? And so, 
I would have those moments where I like knew I had to turn to God and then I would, you know, wasn't hanging around, just like you said, Nate, like I wasn't with a lot of, I didn't have a lot of Christian friends. I wasn't mm -hmm. hanging around the right people. And and I just was drawing all of my identity from the people that I was mm -hmm. around. And um, ultimately, you know, all of that really just culminated um, into just some really catastrophic thinking about myself that mm -hmm. led to things like self-harm and uh, uh, 2019, I attempted to take my own life, um, mm. just really showing, honestly, the just how twisted things had become um, and how hopeless I'd become. But once I really, uh, I made it through the rest of college, but I came back, uh, one of the things, especially very recently that I've had to kind of face is that, you know, reshaping of my identity mm. into, you know, okay, like, and we spoke earlier, you know, I, I know what the Bible says about me. You know, I know I'm a child of God. And that's mm -hmm. something that, you know, I've, I've especially in the last year, been really, really trying to embrace and really root that in my identity. But also, you know, in that, you know, what though does God say about, you know, who Zachary Walker is, mm -hmm. you know, like, and how, how can I shape my identity by, you know, looking to God and, and saying like, okay, like I've been believing a lot of these lies and they, mm -hmm. they have taken root and the only option I have left is to um, is to to look at God and, and say, you know, like, who am I? Because mm -hmm. that that really is the place that I, I currently really find myself is in a, a struggle to, um, you know, feel confident in my own identity. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel confident in my identity as as a, a child of God, but because you know everything about myself, I've I you know was in a place that I was so low, I was drawing it from everyone around me mm. that I was like, oh gosh, I don't, I don't really have anything coming from within. Mm. And so, yeah. And, and I feel like God has really called me, um, to really face those things, you know? Mm. And then for me that there's a, there's a lot of things going on with that, you know, like therapy yeah. and things like that, that are, are, you know, been such a blessing and being yeah. around people, you know, I, I have people now, you know, mm -hmm. that hope um, and stuff like that, that, you know, I can, I can look to for, and, and have been blessed by, you know, they're really just like, you know, being such great examples of God's love mm -hmm. in my life and, and really pointing out like, Hey, like this thing you're saying about yourself, is like not true. Like you just need to recognize that and, mm -hmm. and really giving me a lot of, of pushes in the right direction. Um, to really just do another one of the, you know, God is like, all right, this is going to be scary. Cause you haven't done, you know, for me, it's like, I we haven't done this before. Yeah. Um, but you need to, you know, you need to do this mm -hmm. and you're going to have to run straight in again, because mm -hmm. if you just avoid, you know, wait till you're not afraid, it's never going to come. Mm -hmm. Um, at least for me. And, uh, yeah. And, and so I've just kind of been on that, that journey of trying to figure out, you know, Okay, who does who did God make me to be uniquely? Mm -hmm. As He makes everyone uniquely, and um, what kind of gifts has He given me, and how can I too really embrace those? Because I've had so much self rejection mm -hmm. that you know, it's I read in I think it's in First Timothy, you know, Paul's you know in his letter to Timothy, like saying like, hey, don't think about it's something along the lines basically of like, don't waste your gifts, mm -hmm. you know, your God given gift. And I was like, oh gosh, like what am I wasting mm -hmm. that God's given me because I'm so trapped in this, you know, negative self-perception and mm -hmm. trapped in, you know, getting my validation from other people and not from, you know, what is God, you know, who is the Holy Spirit within me, like mm -hmm. say about me and, and yeah. who I am.
Yeah, that's huge. I think that that was really well said and really deep. I mean, just thinking about how we internalize lies and then the process that God uses to help us internalize his truth and, and the, believing the things he says about us in here and then asking him to show us who he's made us to be. Mm-hmm. Because God hasn't made you like Nate. He hasn't made you like me. He's made you Zach. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading a a really good book called Emotionally Healthy uh, Spirituality. And the author, Pete Scazzaro, quoted this this rabbi. And he said, you know, when when you stand before the throne one day, God won't ask you, why aren't you more like Moses? Or why aren't you more like Paul? Or why aren't you more like Daniel Tilly behind the camera? (laughs) He'll, He'll ask you, why aren't you more like you? The, the the one I created that knit together in, in your mother's womb. And, and as we get to know Jesus, he shows us who we really are to reflect him in this world. And he's created us with unique desires and gifts. And he cares about our pain and our stories. And I appreciate you guys being willing to let us into your story. And I know all of our stories are in progress, but as we share what God's done in our lives, how he's become real to us, it gives us hope that God can be more real to each one of us and that our stories do matter. And it gives others hope that we don't have to give our hearts over to despair and isolation. And as we come into community where we experience God's love and we believe in the gospel that he's overcome sin and death and the attacks of the evil one, we trust that more with our life our hearts do find hope and our stories do heal and change. And we have a gift to offer the world. And you guys have offered that gift to me today just by sharing and to hopefully you watching. And we'll be hearing for some more folks' stories in the coming weeks. If if you're here in the Triangle, you want to join us at late night. We're sharing some stories every Thursday night. And then we're going to be having some conversations on this podcast. So thank you guys for joining us today. It's great having you. And hopefully we'll see you next time. Take care.